Welcome to the YYY Show, a comedy podcast about search histories, life, and the wondrous curiosities of our planet. I'm Jingan and I'm Eliza. And in this podcast, we are going to talk about interesting things that we search for on the internet this week. But first, we need to make a small disclaimer. This is a comedy podcast and we do our best to research the things we find. If there's anything that is factually inaccurate, please send us your corrections through our social media channels. You can find us at YYY Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Okay, so Jingan, what yes. is your first search term of the week? My first search term of the week is... What can pets eat? What can pets eat? Mm. So many things. Like toilet paper? No, Rock. no, no, like food, food. I was gonna say rock, stone, <laughs> uh, all the inedible thing, matter. <laughs> okay, food, food. Uh-huh. Yeah, because that time, like in the festive period, right, then my uh-huh. sister came over, then she brought her dog. So then I was a bit worried that we would feed him things that is not good for him. Oh, like human food. Yeah. Like what kind of human foods the pets cannot eat. La? Yeah. Oh, mm. I don't know eh. What? Ice cream. But I see people feed ice cream to their animals, eh, to their dogs and cats. Yeah. Okay, so what's the answer? So there's a, like a lot. <laughs> so a what lot. do you, okay, why why don't you guess like a few things first? Then Human like food, if you right? hit it there, I will explain it. Yeah. Human foods, right? Yeah. Human food, uh. what kind of weird things do humans eat? Like one very obvious thing that you're not supposed to feed dogs. Chocolate law. Yeah. Right. Correct. So uh. it's because chocolate, coffee and caffeine, mm-hmm. they contain dangerous substances and they might cause vomiting and diarrhea, panting, excessive thirst and urination. So it's, in general, it's not good for your dog. Okay. Yeah, or pets actually in general. So it's like it's toxic for them. Yeah, note that darker chocolate is more dangerous than milk chocolate. Oh, okay. <laughs> no dark chocolate for the, <laughs> for the dogs. <laughs> but for cats, eh, cannot. I think for cats also cannot. It's, it's in general pets. Or oh, pets. Yeah. In general. Because okay. they don't possess the thing that we have to process this thing. Uh, okay, that means if coffee cannot, that means pets cannot drink tea. Not not very good for and them. And cannot drink alcohol. Yeah, I mean all of these things like in small amounts, most of the time it will just cause like a tummy upset. Okay. But in big amounts, it might cause death. Okay. So am I correct? Cannot drink alcohol? Yeah, cannot. Okay. <laughs> Cannot get your dogs and cats drunk. Uh. <laughs> yeah, alcohol is especially bad. You know, some people, they take videos of like, maybe the dog accidentally drink Mm-mm-mm. like beer or what. Mm. Then the dog like seems drunk. Yeah, yeah. It's because the dog is is actually drunk. Oh. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> the dog seems drunk. Oh, it's actually because the dog... Mm. Yeah, it is. It will cause the same problems. Like for example, when we are drunk, right? We have very bad motor skills. Mm-hmm. And then we might trip or, you know, have a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. And then our temperature will drop, etc, etc. For dogs, alcohol affects them differently from humans. For humans, we are bigger, for one. So we have some substances in our body to break down that alcohol. But in dogs, right, it basically increases their metabolism and it's like a chain effect of symptoms happening in the dogs. Mm-hmm. So most of the time, it will cause heart failure or respiratory failure. Oh my goodness. So it just go straight there la, because you don't they don't have the enzymes to or whatever. Yeah. In their body to so it's it's process. quite it's really quite bad for them. 
Okay, what other things that the pet should not eat? <laughs> Are there any things that you can guess? Uh, crackers and tidbits the human have because we're all very salty, like potato chips. Salt and salty snack foods is quite bad for pets because it will cause excessive thirst and urination and some even sodium ion poisoning. Is it their fur will drop out? Last time my mum said cannot give the dog and cats eat the human food because it's very salty then all their hair will drop out. I think that's just a like, very slight uh, symptom. Oh, <laughs> like the worst is not. <laughs> yeah, if you eat too much, right? Uh, if the pets uh-huh. eat too much, then it will cause vomiting, diarrhea, depression. Oh my goodness. Tremors, elevated body temperature, seizures, and even death. Okay, these yeah. are not shared to me when I was a kid. I think it really depends on the size of your pet as well. Okay. Like, if it's a bigger dog, maybe if you feed it a little bit, uh-huh. then it's fine. Oh. So, like, once in a while. Mm. Yeah. But if it's a very small dog, like a chihuahua, mm. or like a bird or something, they then that little a, bit of a packet of twisties, then it will just... Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. very not okay. Yeah. Like, oh no, why it's so sad? Give you more snacks. Oh then. no, oh no, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> okay, what else? Mm, let me think. What else? Isotonic drinks. Can I drink isotonic drinks? Like, I see. <laughs> Why would you feed your pet an isotonic <laughs> drink? You're like, oh, you look so uh, unenergetic. Were you like some Gatorade? Oh my gosh. Or plus or no. Can you imagine? Rainbow, give rainbow to the dog. <laughs> you know, you know when you walk your pet, right? For example, uh-huh. dogs la, Like maybe they will sometimes they will just tired, then yeah. they will just sit in the middle of the road. Yeah, then it pour it roll, then <laughs> it will get the zoomies. Can I not? Oh my god, no, I don't think that's okay. It's, no, cannot it's cause caffeine. It's caffeine, it's yeah, caffeine. It's caffeine. We covered it earlier. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh it's like some very simple things that it's like very not okay for pets. Uh let me let me haphazard a guess like uh okay. very fibrous vegetables. <laughs> fibrous yeah, vegetables. Yeah, because every time I buy pet like when I buy the pet food of pets treats, right? Mm. They seem very meaty. Mm. Yeah. I don't have a animal, like I don't have a pet, but I like to feed the community cats. Yeah. Is it in your list? No. So it's not that toxic. No, not really. What is toxic? I think tofu. They... Is tofu toxic? What? It's oh. the... <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I feed feed my dog tofu? I don't I don't think tofu, tofu is is a problem here. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Let me list some very common things that we have in our houses that is not okay for pets. Okay. Okay, citrus is not okay for pets. So like oranges, uh-huh. lime, Why? all the sour sour fruits. Why? Uh it might cause irritation. And even central nervous system depression. Small doses might cause minor stomach upset. There's a certain kind of essential oil and also plus the citric acid inside the citrus that is not okay for the pets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. 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 Others is... But I think birds can la, and monkeys. They can eat. <laughs> I think it really depends. Eh. It depends on what animal you have. What. Yeah. Because I see the bird eat like the orange on the tree and all that. I think if they eat too much, they also get stomach upset. Okay. It's like sometimes we eat too much of a certain thing, we also get stomach upset. Everything in moderation. <laughs> <laughs> That's the moral of the story. Everything in moderation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, you know nuts. You know, mm-hmm. during the holiday season, we have a lot of like nut mixers, then like we will mm-hmm. eat them, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, some nuts are okay for the pets, but like almonds, pecans, walnuts, 
they contain high amounts of oils and fats and they might cause vomiting, diarrhea and potentially pancreatitis. What? Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness. So they will inflame the pancreas of the yeah. animal. Yes. Okay. Dogs and cats. Yeah. And in particular, macadamia nuts is very not okay for dogs. Cause weakness, depression, vomiting, tremors and hypothermia. Oh my goodness. So if your dog like ate, accidentally ate too much macadamia nuts, right, you might need to bring it to a vet. Oh it's one no. of the things that is like similar on par with chocolate. Kind of oh thing. no! Yeah, macadamia. <laughs> I will not have guessed macadamia. It's not even something that I eat like oh normally. No. Why <laughs> if my dog eat the macadamia nut chocolate? Oh no! It's a double <laughs> dose. Oh no! <laughs> oh no, Toby! <laughs> hey, you carry Toby and run to the bed. <laughs> Poor Toby. Toby is the name of the dog. My sister's dog. Okay. So just now we talked about ice cream. Some pets do not possess significant amounts of lactase which is the enzyme that breaks down lactose in milk so it will cause them diarrhea or any other digestive upset so i think when we see those videos of pets eating ice cream uh-huh. maybe a little bit is fine but like a bit more than that right it's not okay no wonder the owners will snatch away the ice cream or the <laughs> yogurt i just saw one <laughs> just saw one video already where the cat they put the face inside the yogurt and lam 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 <laughs> and then the owner's like what and just snatch it away yeah cannot eat too much of this human food okay yeah there's one thing that I thought was quite interesting yeast dough is not okay for pets in general cause yeast dough right mm-hmm. you know when we make cookies or like cake or whatever mm. right then you put the yeast for the dough to rise right mm. so if the pet eat it then it will cause gas to accumulate in their digestive system. Oh. Yeah. So those so that's why you, there is those bakery for dogs and cats, like a pet bakery. I think after it has risen it's fine. But let's say like if you accidentally feed it the dough, the better. Yeah. Oh. I was gonna say, is it because the dog bakery and cat bakery they just don't use all this stuff? Oh uh, no la. I think when it becomes bread, it's okay. Oh. Yeah. Can feed dogs bread. La. I think so. <laughs> Seems fine. <laughs> I have no idea. I they have... they don't seem to like it a lot, but I think you can feed them that. I have very uh, yeah. minimal experiences with dogs. Uh, so it, when it causes gas to accumulate in the pet's digestive system, it can be painful and cause the stomach to bloat and potentially twist, becoming a life-threatening emergency. What? Yeah. The no. stomach will twist. Yeah, because okay. there's too much gas inside the okay. stomach. And then, if you think about a small dog, like a little bit can cause a lot of problems. Okay. Then the yeast can also produce ethanol as a byproduct, okay. which is a alcohol. type of alcohol. Yeah. Oh, so no. that also causes a problem. So dogs ingesting raw bread dough can become drunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, noted. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Okay, so there's uh, quite a long list, so everybody who owns pets can go and check it out. But mm. these are the main ones that I feel that are quite interesting. I'm still and thinking about the yeast in the dog's stomach. <laughs> it's like, it created a beer inside the dog's belly, and then the yeah, dog got drunk. exactly. <laughs> it's like vomit beer. <laughs> oh no, and then, and then the dog is like, I didn't drink alcohol. Why can't I walk straight? <laughs> Why am I seeing double? <laughs> 
okay it might be funny to laugh about it but it's not funny for the dog okay don't don't ever feed the dog alcohol mm, okay just something to note for the festive period okay so Eliza what is your search term for the week okay so my search term for the week is seed missile drone you wanna guess what it is seed missile drone yeah seed ah seed missile drone <laughs> is it like plant seed seed missile drone <laughs> that's not helping is it S E E D is it you un- understand the three words separately but not together <laughs> yeah yes exactly. S-E-E-D correct uh, okay so it is a missile drone which means that it is a drone that goes around to help the farmers plant seeds. Eh, medium correct, <laughs> but not quite. It's launched, so it's a missile also. Mm, some, you kind of get the concept, but the okay. use for it is not right. This is my best guess already. Okay, almost there, almost there. <laughs> I give you a B plus for your effort. Okay, thank you. Okay, so seed missile drone. I came across it on Reddit, and I saw that they were saying that drones are helping to fight the deforestation problem by firing missiles loaded with plant seeds oh. into open fields. Oh, mm. so it's the drone that fire the missile. Mm. Oh, okay. yes. And then the, the missiles are filled with plant seeds. I was oh. wondering, is it true or not? So I googled it, right? Mm-hmm. And it turned out that this technology has been around for a few years already. Oh, like, wow. It's not new. Mm-hmm. Before even uh, drones become commercially available to consumers like us, they already are trying to develop this. I see, I see. Because mm. it's important to plant plants. Mm. And you know, we have this deforestation problem, right? Mm-hmm. And then also got a lot of wildfires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then, like, there's a lot of NGOs out there and non-profits that are trying to plant the seeds by hand. Oh. But it is very back-breaking, mm. and it takes a lot of time and effort. Mm-hmm. Then there are some places that are very hilly and very hard to get to. Mm. Yeah, so it's very, very difficult for humans to climb all the way there just to plant some seeds. Oh, okay. That's why they have to rely on these drones. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, question for you. Mm. Guess how many trees a person can plant by hand in one day. How many trees? Okay, how many seeds? Guess how many seeds a person can plant by hand in one day? Uh, 200? 200. <laughs> okay, the answer <laughs> Am I overestimating? <laughs> like, when I imagine, I just imagine like, wow, 100 seeds, very shag, you know? <laughs> like, right, then you imagine 200, it's just like, wow, so tiring. Yeah, but I assume that if it takes about like, 5 minutes, 10 minutes for one seed, it depends. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, the answer <laughs> is... A person by hand can plant 1,500 seeds a day. <gasps> 1,005. Oh my god. Totally underestimated. Yeah. Oops. Then I did some math, right? Then I'm just like, eh, really? Because eh? if the person work 8 hours a day, then that's about 3 seeds a minute. So oh. okay, quite accurate. <laughs> okay. So you squat down, then you dig, 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 then put the seed and stand up. Mm. Then take another step. Around there, right? Mm. Uh. How do you make sure that the seed grows something? Because <laughs> I'm really bad at gardening. I always like very like, huh? How did the seed grow? So in a <laughs> in a bag of seeds that you get, right? Not yeah. all of them are good. Okay. So you have to take your chances. Okay. So, I mean, for us home gardeners, we will plant maybe two or three seeds in one egg 
you know in the egg tray uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah we start with the egg tray uh-huh. then in each hole we plant two to three seeds mm, mm, then mm. see the saplings are like they grow then we'll pick up the healthy saplings oh mm. not all will germinate mm. yeah mm. okay <sighs> I understand okay very sidetracked okay anyway I have another question <laughs> for you <laughs> okay how many seeds do you think the drones can plant in a day Oh my gosh. There'll be two drone operators operating. Okay, 5,000. So fast. (laughs) (laughs) Your answer is 5,000. Yes. Which is about three to five times more than a human, right? Yeah. Okay, the answer is between 100,000 and (gasps) 400,000. Oh my gosh. That's a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I can imagine a drone about the topography. Then they had to combine it with the satellite data. Yeah, can you just imagine, right, the whole machine gun scenario, then yeah. it looks like war zone. But actually, they're just planting trees. Planting seeds, <laughs> right? Yeah. A wholesome war. War against deforestation. Yeah. And wildfires. Okay. The missiles, they are made of biodegradable pots. Okay. Yeah, so once they land, right, they were just biodegrade oh yeah okay. then they'll be filled with a germinated seed so mm-hmm. they will already choose the seed that already germinate oh okay that's so smart all those seed that is cannot make it on they already filter it oh away. okay okay mm. and then in the pot they also put the nutrients that the germinated seed needs oh yeah that's mm. smart I was thinking like how do they make sure that the seed that they throw into that, mm-hmm. that part will, will grow Okay, understand. Okay, so they do a lot of prep work before that. Uh, okay. okay, so there are at least three companies doing this right now. Oh. So it's a very good step because it shows that there's a demand for this. Mm. And they have already been planting seeds in Myanmar, Canada, and America. Mm. And there are many more projects coming up, like mm. in Hawaii, Australia, Colombia, Malaysia, also New Zealand. Mm. Okay, so do you want to guess where the funding is coming from? The funding? Mm. Who is paying for this? Um, some international organization that is helping combat deforestation like I don't know like Greenpeace mm, not bad <laughs> <laughs> the answer is it's coming from a range of sources okay yeah there are forestry companies government contracts or mining companies uh-huh. that are required to replant trees oh okay 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 yeah they chop then they must replant okay, or they okay. mine things you mine the earth resources right then you plant back ah Oh, ah. okay, good. Okay, then some landowners in some areas, they get a tax break for planting trees. Mm, makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then some brands can sponsor tree planting or do promo, like if you buy our thing, then a tree is planted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy our bag, our shoe, or this mm. or that. Mm. Okay. Then there's also funding coming from selling carbon credits. So most big companies, they have factories okay. that emit carbon dioxide or greenhouse gas, right? Okay. So they need to buy carbon credits from projects that reduce carbon emission. Oh. Mm. And then these are called carbon offsets. Oh. Yeah. So you have a lot of factory, right? The more factory you have, the more thing you produce, the worse you are for the environment, 
the more you must pay money to these projects okay to buy the carbon to offset, neutralize to it. neutralize your negative impact Okay. Mm. These drone companies are one of the many projects that they can choose to put their money into. Okay, okay. Mm. There are a lot of other other projects. Okay. Mm. Interesting. That's that's why it's so advanced la, with mm. the whole drone technique and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so last fun fact before I end this topic. Yes. Okay. Guess uh, how do these drone companies stop squirrels and other rodents from eating their newly planted seeds? <laughs> How? The squirrel want to eat how? Hmm. They put some smell, some scent that they don't like. Then the squirrel go there. Yeah, then, then don't want to eat. Okay, very close. The answer <laughs> is... They use a super spicy pepper as one of the oh ingredients. Oh my god. That's very funny. So when the squirrels try to eat it, they will spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> so the super spicy pepper does not affect the plant germination at all. No, not at all. <laughs> It's a plant, no? <laughs> mm. Okay. Okay, the end. Thank you for your very interesting topic. Yay. It is now time for our special segment. Three things to Google from a friend. Okay, so, Zihan. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zihan, who did you ask this week? And what did he or she ask us to search for? Okay, this week I asked Noon, and her first search term is, can we sweat when we swim? Can we sweat when we swim? Mm. Yes, definitely we will sweat when we swim. Yeah, la, so can or cannot? Can. Okay. My answer is can, and then the swimming pool water just washes it away. That's why we need chlorine. Oh my god, that because puts a very bad image in my brain. Yeah, don't you know that when we are swimming, we are swimming in each other's filth? We are swimming each other's sweat and pee and skin cells. <laughs> so when we are swimming, then I thought there's water pressure, so the sweat cannot come out. Oh, wow. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> now you're making me rethink my guess. And also it's cold inside the water. Oh, but we are think maybe exerting, exercising. Yeah, exercising, exerting some effort. It's like when we are shoveling snow or walking in, in cold places, we will sweat in that's our That's true, that's jacket. true. Okay, let's see what's the answer. Okay. <laughs> Seems like you are right. Yes! Yes, yes, yes. My first answer is correct. Yes. You can definitely sweat while swimming. Sweating is a biological function used by the body to cool itself down. That means during high-intensity workouts, the body will break a sweat to cool down, even in the water. However, swimmers are less likely to notice the sweat because the water washes it off immediately. Mm. Which means the swimming pool water is full of other people's sweat. Yes. And then this one that I see... Do not drink it. (laughs) (laughs) Why will you drink the swimming pool water? You You remember when we were kids? We were like putting it in our mouth and spit oh, it before. Yes, like. exactly. Eee. Do you remember doing that? I thought the action of spitting the water out at people is really disgusting enough because it mixes with saliva. Yeah, there's a whole new level of disgusting. Okay. Anyway, there's this other thing that confirms what you said. If the pool that you train is quite cool, okay. then you know you perspire less. Oh. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Okay, does chlorine kill sweat? Does it, does it, does it? I need to know. I need to know before I move on to the next search term. Free available chlorine breaks down pee, poop, sweat, and dirt from swimmers' bodies instead of killing germs and uses up chlorine, 
which means there is less to kill germs. Ha! <laughs> that means if you pee, poop, sweat, or are dirty and you go inside the swimming pool, right? Then you will use up more of the chlorine. Then there will be less chlorine to kill the germs. <laughs> Therefore, do not... I mean, you cannot say do not sweat, la, but do not pee and, or poop inside the... <laughs> Why would you poop inside the pool? That is so gross. <laughs> okay, so there's another question that I saw on the Google search. It says, does chlorine kill pee in pools? Chlorine does not kill urine. The chlorine smell that you get in the pool is actually urine mixed with the chlorine so that's what the smell is. No. <sighs> so every time we go to the pool, then they got that chlorine smell. It's actually chlorine mix plus smell. urine smell. Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on. Okay. Next topic. <laughs> okay. Next topic. Okay. Uh, what's the next thing that Noon asks us to search for? Okay. Is dengue caused by the mosquito or by humans? I feel like I learned this recently because there was a dengue outbreak. <laughs> Interesting question. I think that Some- is a human disease and it's just carried by mosquitoes. Something about yeah, something about the the Aedes mosquito is just a carrier, right? Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Where does dengue virus come from? Scientists hypothesize that the dengue viruses evolved in non-human primates and jumped from these primates to humans in Africa or Southeast Asia between 500 and 1,000 years ago. What? Yeah. So, the mosquito is really just the carrier. Yes. It just sting the primate, mm. suck their infected blood, and then pass to Then sting us and humans. pass to us. Yeah. <sighs> so, it's not the mosquito that makes the virus. It's the monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks like for the good lesson. It's a bit of <laughs> <laughs> like the planet of the apes, the simian flu. Oh yeah. Alrighty, that is a short answer. The third search term that she provided me with is zebra original color. Not so black zebra and white, has eh? stretch, right? Uh-huh. So apparently there's a original color that the zebra was before the stripes come out. Is it brown? Is it brown? I feel like I saw a baby zebra before. Like, somewhere in my very deep recessed memory. <laughs> zebra original colour. Or is it grey? Like a baby zebra, right? Like, what colour is a baby zebra? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when it's born, what colour is it? Or is it pink? I don't know. I cannot remember. Google says black in full caps. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, zebras are actually black with white stripes not white with black stripes but if you look at a picture of a baby zebra they are brown <laughs> I remember seeing a baby zebra very 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 vividly in my maybe brain. only that baby zebra is brown no or maybe it makes with zebras something else. are born with their stripes <laughs> which appear brown and white at birth go and see where you type baby zebra color <laughs> oh Okay, okay. So cute, the baby zebras. <laughs> doom, doom, doom. What is the answer? <laughs> this is not as simple as we think. Why right, Google shop black in capital letters? Hmm. I think what he's trying to say is that the zebra is black with white stripes. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay, so it seems that zebra skin produces a pigment called melanin. Okay. Oh yeah, it says here the black part, right, is because of a result of pigment activation. And then the white part is pigment inhibition. So it means that the black part is the actual color of the fur, mm-hmm. whereas the white patches are simply the areas that lack pigmentation. Mm. Mm. And most zebras have dark skin beneath their fur. Mm. I actually did not imagine a zebra to be furry. Yeah, like horse. <laughs> they are like horse. You know, they have very short fur. I didn't know that. Have you touched a horse before? I thought it's like, like skin. No, like hippo, right? It thought it's like hippo, like, or elephant kind of yeah. like. No, 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 no. They are like horses. Oh. Mm. Okay. Okay, so this answers our question. Anyway, she also added another fact that flamingos are not born pink. Then why are they born? They're just born like a normal bird color. Then because they eat a lot of shrimp, so the pigmentation goes into their skin and they become pink. Oh my goodness. I have no idea. I need to like fact check that. Oh my goodness. They are born with grey feathers that gradually turn pink in the wild because of their diet of brine shrimp and blue-green algae. Mm. So cute. They are born grey. Baby flamingos are grey. Okay, so that's the end of our special segment. So Jian, what is your second search term for this week? My second search term is... Dark Sky Preserve. Dark Sky Preserve. Yes, another three words that we know huh? separately. I know them separately, <laughs> but I don't understand. It sounds like my, my first thought, right? Okay. It sounds like jam. Jam? Yeah, like a very <laughs> exotic jam, right? It's like... Like, instead of telling you, like, um, blueberry and raspberry preserve, oh then you say dark sky preserve. What a wonderful name for product. Right? Right? <laughs> like, that's my first thought. I can o- see... Obviously, I'm wrong, right? Mm, no, it's not. Mm. <laughs> it's about the dark sky. Then you why know? got preserve? Because they want the to be- preserve the dark sky. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Okay, a dark sky preserve, also known as a dark sky reserve, Uh is an area usually surrounding a park or observatory, Uh and it restricts artificial light pollution. Oh. So this thing is generally to promote astronomy. If you say dark sky reserve, then I know. You dark sky preserve, then it confused me already. But that's the title of the Wikipedia article. (laughs) So sneaky, huh? So sneaky. Okay. Okay, yeah. So Mm. it's confusing because different countries, right, Mm -hmm. in the whole planet, Mm -hmm. so it's an international effort, uh, they have different ways of labeling this. So they use terms like reserve, preserve, sanctuary, park, community. So it's very confusing. Oh, that's, that explains it. Yeah, because okay. there are different organizations. Then they mm. use different terms. Then sometimes this equals to this, but that not equals to that. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's a bit different. Mm. So there's the International Dark Sky Association. And their mission is to preserve and protect the nighttime environment and our heritage of dark skies through quality Outdoor lighting. Wow. What mm. a noble cause. Yes. Mm. So they have five types of designations. 
So there are international dark sky communities. Mm-hmm. So these communities, right, are legally organized cities and towns that adopt quality outdoor lighting ordinances. Mm-hmm. And then they have the efforts to educate the residents about the importance of dark skies. Oh man, you wow. know this thing is something we like really, 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 really don't have in <laughs> Singapore. <laughs> like I can't imagine if there's this co- committee of people that yes. goes around and say, excuse me, Orchard Road, no light up, <laughs> too bright already. Excuse me, Little India, no Deepavali light up, too bright already. Actually, their, their mission, right, uh-huh. is not about no light. Okay. It's about proper lighting. Ah, yeah, it's because okay. now our light, right, is like way too uh-huh. bright. Yes. And it's lighting up too much. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need actually that much light. Mm. Yeah. And then like we never cover it. Mm. So it goes into the sky. Mm. Yeah. Uh, is so, there any negative effects of letting all this light go into the sky? It just affects us, right? That's a good question. Does it affect the other planets, the galaxy, the universe in general? The aliens. Actually, how will we know, right? It's not like we got somebody to ask, Hello, <laughs> asteroid, are you okay? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, cannot ask also. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think the light goes so far. But I think there are other... Like consequences to light pollution. Mm. Mm. I think it affects us and it affects nature of our planet. Mm. Mm. Because it gets into the forests mm. or mountains mm. and then it affects the wildlife. It affects the wildlife, the plants. It affects our own circadian rhythm also. Mm. We don't know that we need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> we always stay up until midnight, 2am, that kind of thing. Yes. Mm. So they have different designations like mm-hmm. I was talking about. So just now the communities, right? Mm-hmm. So then there's parks, reserves, and sanctuaries. Mm-hmm. Parks are like publicly or privately owned spaces. And then they have dark sky programs for visitors. So you mm-hmm. can go and visit. Then reserves are like a dark core zone. So they will protect this whole place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sanctuaries are the most remote and often darkest places in the world. Mm-hmm whose conservation state is the most fragile. Because mm. a little bit of light will make that seem like, you know, mm-hmm. not as dark. And then there's a night sky brightness scale. Mm. It's called the Bortle scale. Mm-hmm. One being an excellent dark sky site, and nine is an inner city sky. I'm willing to bet that we are definitely a nine. <laughs> I think we are like a 15 or something. <laughs> Like, we are one of the most light polluted cities eh, in yeah. the world. Mm. <laughs> mm. When I was young, I didn't even know that like, see stars. there were stars. Mm. Yeah, lor. Mm. I don't know that I can look up. Mm. I mean, I know I can look up, but there's nothing to see, ma, so I don't look up. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Oh. In, in, in places that are more populated, mm. there's more light. Mm. So it, it's like you just cannot see the stars. Nothing, yeah. ah, there's nothing. You Only must maybe really a few satellite. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For mm. example, you want to go and see stars, you must go to like Pulau Ubin. Mm. that kind of place then you can see right NTU rooftop <laughs> and ADM rooftop yeah but even there right uh-huh. the light pollution is actually quite a lot because yes. it comes from the city right yes yeah so mm. so it was only in my 20s that I saw a bit of the night sky in Singapore <laughs> mm, yes okay so dark mm. sky reserves are all over the world they are predominant in countries such as Canada mm-hmm. US mm-hmm. UK Australia one of the largest ones in the world is called Wood Buffalo National Park mm-hmm. in Canada. And it spans 4.4 million hectares. Wow. <laughs> what even is that size? <laughs> One hectare is a sports field. Mm. 
Mm. From like about a million eh. Ah. Mm. Mm. It's like maybe from here all the way to Thailand, <laughs> that kind of size, you know. Uh, very extremely big, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so that's quite cool, lah. It's UNESCO World Heritage. Wow. Yeah. Applaud their efforts. Clap, clap, clap for them. Okay. So some of the ones that are nearest to us are in South Korea, the Yongyang Firefly Eco Park. Mm-hmm. And then there's in New Zealand, Mount Cook National Park mm-hmm. as a bottle scale of two. And in Australia, there is a museum called the Australian Age of Dinosaurs. And around this area, there is a reserve. And it's the bottle scale of one to two. Wow. Basically, it's a dinosaur museum. <laughs> then they decided to make this whole place a reserve. But that, that makes sense why <laughs> it's in theme. Because mm. when the dinosaurs were alive, there were no artificial lights. That's true, that's true. Mm. Okay. So I thought this was interesting because... I have been feeling a hankering to travel and see stars. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, COVID has taken that away. Uh, yeah, okay, never mind. We can always make plans. Mm. So, Eliza, what is your second search term? Okay, my next search term is... False hope syndrome. Ooh, false hope syndrome. Yes. Okay, let you guess what it is. Like, I have false hope for the future. Mm-hmm. It's quite right. <laughs> your your uh, literal uh, <laughs> guess is quite right. Okay. Okay, so this false hope syndrome okay. is very apt for the start of the new year. Because mm-hmm. the start of the new year is a season for... New hope. And New Year resolutions. Yes, less than 8% of people actually stick to their resolutions every year. Which is why I don't make resolutions normally. <laughs> and 25% of people who make New Year resolutions give uh-huh. up after one week. Oh my gosh, one week. But everyone still makes them. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Because of false hope syndrome. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Is that why you search? Why do people make New Year resolutions? <laughs> false hope syndrome, yes. Okay, okay, please answer. explain. Is it because they want to have hope? <laughs> Is it because uh, having hope for the future makes them feel better? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. Yes, it is coined by psychological researchers. Okay. It's when people persist in repeated self-change attempts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. despite previous failures. Okay. Because self-change attempts provide some initial rewards even when unsuccessful. Oh. So they feel shook when they try to change themselves. <laughs> okay, okay. So this shock makes them want to keep trying. Ah, okay. Even though they failed. Previously and previously and previously and previously. Okay, okay. Mm. Okay, so the researchers found out that during the early stages, when we want to change our behaviours, okay. we get feelings of control and optimism. Mm. But, sadly, we also tend to underestimate three things mm. and overestimate one thing. Okay. Do you want to guess what they are? Underestimate three things. Mm. The difficulty of keeping this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rewards that can be reaped from mm-hmm. this particular resolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I don't know what's the third one. Okay, very good. Anyway, you get like <laughs> two or four, correct? Okay. We underestimate how easy, how fast, and how much we can change or will change. Oh. And we overestimate the benefits of this change. Oh, okay. Understand. Mm-hmm. So the researchers are saying that we need to distinguish between what is impossible and what is potentially feasible in our goals. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. If not, we'll be overconfident Mm-mm. and have false hope. Mm. and it will lead to eventual failure and distress this yeah. is actually in a white paper Agreed. eventual failure and distress yes every time you set the goal too difficult for yourself it's very easy to just give up mm. but you don't realize that it's because you set an extremely difficult goal mm. that you just cannot cannot do it lah. so it sounds like you are speaking from experience <laughs> yes <laughs> I always <laughs> randomly set one very accept, like ambitious goal and like obviously cannot do it. Then why must you why must you stress yourself out? Then you fail to do it, right? Yeah. Then after that you feel bad or feel or, guilty. Ah, then after that guilt treat yourself, right? Mm. Okay. Apparently, according to researchers, it is quite normal. Okay, thank you. Yay! I'm normal. <laughs> do you feel better? <laughs> yes, everybody faces this problem. <laughs> yeah. So we will sign up for things or promise ourselves a certain goal. Mm-hmm. Then when we hit the roadblock. Then we will blame ourselves or think that we lack willpower. Mm. Then we will feel guilty and hopeless that abandon the plan. Okay. Then after that, got the next program come along or the fresh start come along, then we repeat the cycle. Ah. So this is the false hope syndrome. Mm. Okay, so where does this false hope come from? You want to guess? I don't want to guess, just say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can don't guess. Okay, researchers say it comes from two sources. Okay. The first one is the inflated promise of change programs. So okay. all these groups, products, books, and all sorts of help, they will play into people's fantasies. Ah, yes, yes, That yes. can change enormously. Mm. Do it effortlessly and quickly. Mm. And then you can acquire tremendous benefits. Mm. It's like this kind of before-after photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very common. <laughs> they like to use this kind of marketing tactics. Exactly. Yeah. But the fact is, only some people will achieve them. Mm. Mm. then they will show you all the best case examples mm. right then you will think wow so good right then you will see the best testimonials then you will think ah I also can be like that yeah mm. as long as I follow this path I will be able to get to wherever that person got mm. to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then it's not that they are untrue it's just that these are the exceptional cases mm-hmm. right so there will be difficulties along the way then maybe these people work very hard or spend a lot a lot a lot more time and effort but we don't know we cannot see mm. And also, everybody's journey is different. Different people need different methods to succeed. Mm. Okay, so the second source of overconfidence is our self-law. Because <laughs> we will believe mm. that we can finish the thing faster than we think. Yes. So it's an optimistic bias that the brain does. Yes, very guilty of this. Mm. <laughs> then the, the project, you do you think lah can finish in 3 days on you should yeah. always times 3 the amount of time yeah but it actually takes 2 weeks yeah, so yeah my my uh, rule of thumb is however amount I think right, I will just times 3 times 4 times 5 also can you know it just don't, times 2 sure not enough one. yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> then if the thing is hard right then we procrastinate right mm. yeah indeed so yeah the researchers are suggesting okay if you want to do something you need to sit down Take some time and think about your past experience. Okay. Realistically speaking, okay. how long did you take to do that thing? How hard was it? Oh. You think properly first. Mm. Uh, don't just say, ah yeah, three days I can finish one. No, mm. cannot. Mm. Yeah. Aga, aga. Cannot. Doesn't work. 
So also you need to record lah, whatever you did and how long do you take to do things. Mm, you can sort of, I mean if it's a project, guess. you can sort of guess. Yeah. But not everybody has this like habit of recording things down. Mm. They will just aga-aga in their brain. Oh, they're too bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then you will always have this cognitive distortion mm. that you have to live with. Yes. And then you will, it will result to, what, what did they call it again? Eventual failure and distress. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so keeping like a record of what you did or like making a journal is also quite a good practice. Try, just try. <laughs> okay, so there's another thing that follows the false hope syndrome. Yes. It's called the what the hell effect. What the hell effect? Yeah, it's in the white paper. It's not <laughs> I didn't make it up. Okay. Mm. Now guess what? It's what the hell effect. <laughs> what the hell effect is I give up. Yes, like, what the hell? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, it's when the thing we are trying to do don't work. We will tend to go into this all or nothing thinking. Oh. Like once there are minor transgressions, yes. then we will think, ah yeah, the whole attempt to change is over. Spoil already lah. Give up lah. Mm. So Correct. like for example, very popular New Year resolution is diet, right? Mm. When you're slim. Mm. Then right, you just go and meet your friends, then eat the fries. Ah yeah, eat the fries already. Yeah. So might as well eat the whole onslaught of things that yeah, are coming. Yeah, eat the pizza, right? <laughs> then, ah yeah, what the hell? Might as well eat the dessert. Mm. Then a few days later, ah yeah, that day eat the pizza already, right? <laughs> might as well eat the burger today. Yes. What the hell? It's like so, a domino effect. Mm, mm, mm. Then the researchers found out that right, the more distraught we are, right, by this what the hell effect, right, the more we what the hell, right, then the more stressed we will be. Mm. That's the more stressing <laughs> we are, right? It will cause bad mood and bad thoughts. Yeah, because you guilt trip yourself, right? Then you keep mm. shaming yourself, right? Mm. Then become this vicious cycle. Correct! Then mm. bad mood and bad thoughts affect your self-esteem, which leads to negative behavior. Mm. Then it just reinforces itself. Mm. <sighs> so moral of the story is, you cannot stress yourself. Okay. Yeah, must don't let a good down. thing become a bad thing mm. Mm. like whatever your goal you want to achieve you must break it down tiny tiny action tiny mm. tiny habits mm. another funny thing that the researchers notice is if the thing fail mm. we are more likely to blame ourselves mm. but if the thing succeed then we give credit to the program or to whatever thing else oh no yeah. your inner self be so angry with you yeah I did all the work and you never give him the credit Mm. Repel. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a very strange thing that people just tend to do. Mm. Yeah. We really need to encourage ourselves ah. that we are slowly getting good at a thing. Because mm. the researchers found that when you believe that you are getting good at the habit, mm-hmm. even though got minor setbacks, right? Yeah. If you believe that, oh, yeah, as I'm doing this, I'm getting a bit better, a bit better, mm. then you'll want to work on it. Mm. But it's quite difficult, you know. <laughs> so you need to train yourself <laughs> it's like you must really mindfully maybe every end of the week or I don't know every few days you, you need to give just, yourself a pep talk yeah I just say okay good job mm. we did something we yes. improved yes it's okay we ate a pizza now yes. my it's fine <laughs> I had a good time my friends but moving forward yes. yeah it's like a compound effect little bit rolls to a big ball Okay, so there's actually a hack 
to counter this false hope syndrome and what the hell effect. Okay. Mm. It's called the fresh start effect. Fresh start. Ding. Ding. Yeah. So it's scientifically proven yes. that temporal landmarks have motivating effects. Temporal landmarks. Yeah, like what in the world does that mean, right? <laughs> so in English, right? <laughs> it, it just means that make milestones for yourself. Okay. To give yourself fresh starts. Okay. Yeah, so you don't need to wait for the start of the year to come up with a, with new goals or new resolutions. Oh. You can start at the, you can make goals at the start of the month. Mm. Start of the week mm. can make on your birthday, your wedding anniversary, mm. death anniversary of a loved one or a pet. Okay, can even be something significant like maybe job change, like oh. you change job, uh, the birth of your baby, oh. you release from hospital or oh. prison. Okay, or maybe you turn thirty or forty or forty-five, whatever your lucky number is. Okay. Mm. Can Some also follow festival. Oh. Can be Chinese New Year, Angmo New Year, Hari Raya, whatever. La. Okay, okay, okay. As long as the that day has a, some personal meaning to you. Every day you get a new coaching. Yeah, yeah, but it has to have a personal meaning to you the day. Okay. If the day has a personal meaning to you, you'll be more likely to change. Mm-hmm. Because your brain will see it as a fresh slate. Mm. then you will have a sudden surge of motivation and a drive to continue also mm. Mm. it's like a sudden surge mm. then right all your past mistakes right your brain will just park it in the previous temporal period oh okay so you just park it before that day mm. <laughs> that you choose <laughs> okay okay mm. it's a very strange thing but it just your brain just does this this thing to simplify your life and thinking science fact okay so that's all okay We've reached the almost end of our podcast and now it is time for... One thing to recommend. My recommendation for this week is... The app, Libby. Ooh. I feel like a lot of people don't know about this app. So yes. I feel a moral obligation to tell everyone about this app. Yes, tell, 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 tell everyone about it. <laughs> I love it so much. It's one of my favorite apps in the world. Okay, Libby is a sub-app from Overdrive. Okay, so it is like a whole system whereby libraries can lend out e-books. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you download this app, right? So for example, people in Singapore, you can just use your National Library membership. Mm-hmm. So NLB's membership and then register and then you can go and search for books that you want to borrow. They have a wide range. Most of the time you can find the book that you want. Then after that you can just borrow it. Mm. Then read it for about 21 days I think. Mm-hmm. Then after that you return it. Mm. 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 Simple as that. Yeah, it's available internationally <laughs> also. Most mm. countries have Mm. Uh, their national libraries or the state libraries have an account with Libby or yes. Overdrive. Yes, exactly. So I feel that this has helped me read a lot more. Because like, actually not all books are for everyone. So mm-hmm. sometimes you can't get into a book. Maybe you just don't like that book. So you can just borrow it instead of buying or like having a greater commitment to it and then try it out. And then if you don't like it, just return it. Mm. So you there's... A lot and then more when you return it, right, there's a little flower icon and then when you press it, it'll shower you with a burst of flowers. That's when you return early. Yeah, when you return it early. Mm. Mm. There's a Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> the cause of excitement. I'm an avid user of <laughs> Yes, indeed. 
So Eliza, what is your recommendation? Okay, my recommendation for this week is a song. Ooh. Yeah, it's called Sunscreen. Oh, sunscreen. Yeah, back when I was working in corporate, right? I asked a 42-year-old colleague, what is the best advice he can give to a 28-year-old? <laughs> yeah, back then I was 28. Okay, <laughs> then he was like, sunscreen. I'm just like, huh? What is that? Why is it so unhelpful? Uh? What sunscreen? I thought it was the lotion. <laughs> <laughs> then he was like, not the lotion, uh, you know, the song, sunscreen. I was like, I never heard of it. Mm-hmm. He said that he used to listen to it when he was driving okay. back in his 20s. Oh. So yeah, go look it up. I think it is very good advice. Like the best, the legit best advice a 40-something can give to a 20-something. And I think it's very apt for the start of the year. And it's a very good way to get wholesome advice in a very digestible and catchy way. Okay. Yeah. Okay, the long name for the song is Everybody's Free. Bracket to wear sunscreen by Bas Lerman. B A Z L U H R M A N N. Bas Lerman, right? Which is the director of a lot of like artsy films. I have no idea. <laughs> you know him, ah? I think he directed Muller Rouge. Oh, wow, yeah. fun fact. <laughs> Go check it out. It's a good way to start the year. Yes. We've reached the end of this week's podcast. Thank you, Eliza, for making this podcast with me. And thank you, Zingan, for doing this podcast with me. If you have Googled anything interesting lately, you can drop us an email at yyyshow at gmail.com and we will search it up on the show. You can also follow us on our Twitter, Instagram, or on our Facebook page, where we post images of some of the things that we talked about today. You can also help share our show with friends that might enjoy a comedy trivia podcast. If you would like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon page and give us a small contribution to help us keep the show running. Your contributions will also unlock access to bonus content like behind-the-scenes pictures and more information about the things that we talked about. So, see you there!